Hey everyone and welcome to episode 50 of Double DM. Oh boy, we are halfway there to 100 episodes and I can't wait for what's to come. To jump into pre-show business, first I want to talk about the amazing session of recording we had for Titan Scroll. It's finally happening and I can't wait to bring you guys the episodes that have come out of these recordings. I mean my players made themselves vomit, they've become animals, they've nearly fought demons and a lot of different uh, funny stuff. Maybe. Maybe not, I don't know, you need to listen to figure out. Second is that Why Your World Matters 3 was a success. Our five panelists and hosts, Sage, had an awesome discussion about world building inspiration, organization and what they do for world building. Look out for the podcast in just a few weeks. I hope you know how long it sometimes takes. Another thing I want to shout out is the Dungeon Noob's guide or Klaus for his awesome Powered by the Apocalypse videos and especially the actual play and learn featuring none other than us. So if you want to see me and Nils play superhero teenagers blowing up hangers, a dam and fighting an evil space alien AI, then go over to that because that was amazing. The link will be in the description. Okay, and now as my last point, there is nothing else left for me to do but to ask you guys to give us a 5 star review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Leave some words there as well if you can, it's a great way to support all the stuff we do over here and means a whole lot to us. Thank you all and now let's go over to the weekly recap in episode 50. Hello and welcome to Double DM Podcast. Today, as usual, with my lovely co-host Emil. How are you today? I'm doing fine enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what am I supposed to say? I spent the last uh, two hours just doing manual labor. And even though it isn't really tiring, it's still tiring to do something over and over and over again where yeah. you don't have to use your brain for two hours straight and it's just uh -huh, doing this doing this doing that 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 and then also inhaling uh, the fumes of burned plastic because you work in a printing house like I oh do. yeah Hmm. And burnt plastic is everywhere there. It's really great for your brain. Yeah, de definitely. But anything TTRPG related this week or well, the last time we talked, we spoke was on Friday. Yeah. I didn't have any sessions till today, which is Tuesday of the following week. Uh, I didn't have anything, uh, anything TTRPG related. My, T my regular TTRPG session is Thursday every week. And we have Titans Call recording one coming up on Sunday. Yeah, we do. I'm excited for that. Mm -hmm, I'm as well. It's interesting uh, to see you guys uh, finally get into the, the fun stuff of titan's call oh yeah oh yeah i'm excited not only what the you're planning part. not 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 only the planning part but also the playing part. oh yeah oh yeah so what did anything happen to you ttrpg related this week did did you have sessions you oh wait well you said last week that you had two sessions on sunday so how did those go exactly well the first went as planned the second one not quite as well Okay, because, so let's start with... Uh, ju oh, just oh. as a quick thing. Uh -huh. Because the session fell through again. So we had to improvise something. It fell through again. Okay. Yeah. Walk me through the planned session first. Well, it was the session where... Or a session where one of my characters was in jail and then mm -hmm. had to get out. They had a lovely court meeting and discussed potential... Not drawbacks. Uh, punishments. That's the word. And this took about one and a half, one and a half hours, two hours, something like this. What they they prepared, what they wanted to say, what they wanted to propose would be a good punishment. And then discuss this with judges and witnesses and blah, 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 all that stuff. And then settled on a fine and basically social hours and in doing work for the city. Like, I mean, the city could use some adventurers sometimes clearing mon uh, monsters away or clearing up rumors that the city guard can't deal with right now because there's too much to do and stuff like that. And then they 
did exactly that. So it was a lovely RPing session with some little combat at the end, and everyone enjoyed it, I think. At least it felt like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, what did they fight in the end? They fought a so-called drowned maiden. They were tasked to investigate a missing persons case, followed the tracks, and found a found out that they... The person, which is what was now a drowned maiden, was once a cursed villager. Just went into the forest one day to meet up with a secret boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. Got killed by something and now haunted this lake. And yeah, mm -hmm. okay, okay. I don't want to spoil too much because it somehow relates to the main plot a bit. And maybe some players are listening, so I'll just cut out here for that matter. Mm -hmm. And the second session was uh, or fell through again, like... It was the fourth time in a row now because two of us had internet problems and one fell sick out of five players. It's been like this for three months, I think, which is sad. But then I just improvised something, fighting some monsters, doing some weird shit, but with different characters than the usual campaign. So just to have something to do in the evening, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what happened? Two had internet problems, one fell sick, so I improvised some weird dungeon monstery kind of thing yeah but, 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 but what happened in that dungeon ah, how see. was that it, it was just some i have two pdfs here and just picked monsters at random looked mm -hmm. up a battle map and then just every two combat rounds another mob spawned basically and then it just kept on going for two hours some roleplay interactions mostly combat though but nothing too exciting or too out of the box or too special mm -hmm. so how many players were there two two yeah two two you, you played with two and how did that now fit into the story because i think we're going to do an episode on maybe player missing and at some point in time but how did that fit um it doesn't have to because we played with different characters in a completely shut off yeah okay thing. yeah yeah okay yeah because okay. we, uh, we all agree that we didn't want to advance any kind of plot thing with more yeah. than half missing yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that wouldn't okay. feel right for everyone so we just decided to do something completely different one question though do you advance a session if there's one person missing depends if everyone agrees to do so yes if it's no major reveal plot point or whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean the problem is when one person can't make it which when you for example have a group of six people happens not every time but sometimes right mm -hmm. do you want to have the others waiting right the, the question becomes for example if you only play once a month and one person can't make it, do you want to set the rest off for another whole month or do you just play with them and at least they get their fix and you get your fix of D&D &D or whatever, TTRPG? Exactly. Right? The other person obviously wanted to be there but couldn't make it, so I don't know. We, we have a rule that we always play when one uh, still play when one person is missing and decide if we play if two people are missing. Mm-hmm. If one person is missing from, for example, now I have a four-person group, so if two people are missing, that's half the group. That's So there, it's really just, if one person is missing, that's okay. If two are missing, we're just gonna not do it. Mm -hmm. Or, well, that group actually is six players, though two players haven't yet played with us in that group. They, um, they didn't yet um, join us in play, and they can whenever they want to. We will find a way then. But generally, if, if I have, would have had have six people and, and have a four-person group, At the table, I could probably handle the other NPC, the, the player characters. Hmm. Though obviously that that's on the DM to handle these characters more or less, right? Normally. Yeah. Or you designate a player for that. I mean, what we had at some point was that one of our players just asked a friend for them to jump in to play the character. So the character isn't just this NPC because maybe I'm harsh with that. That could be the case. But I have a rule that if your character is an NPC in combat and yeah. if your character as an NPC would do something, they do it. And well, then death happens. And exactly, I don't guarantee my players that their character won't die if they're not there, right? Exactly. If they play at my tables and they can't make it, that's totally fine. I get that. And if there is a way to let the character just not take part in the adventure that's even better than that will happen but if you're in the middle of combat i'm not just gonna let something appear out of the sky and take your character away and put it into safety mode it's yeah, still that, there that's... 
Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be part of the combat, and if it dies, I'm. It's just like every other character death. It's sad, and I'm. I I don't feel like good about it. I don't feel like yeah, I did something great as a DM, but I mean, you did what had to be done. Basically. I I can't. I also can't protect your player character because that would be unfair to the others to to protect your character just because you couldn't show up. But I also won't put your character in into more danger than they would put themselves in. Right? They they walk behind the group. They are not the one. I think that's something we we agreed as a group. They are not the one to make the skill checks or walk first in the dungeon, for example, because if they do, nobody's gonna get to detect the traps. Right? They are not gonna be the one that rolls to detect traps because I don't roll the dice. I just only roll the dice if it's needed for that character. That character won't be the one going forward. So if the rogue is missing, who would go on to detect the traps in the dungeon, well, tough luck. Yeah. Something I discussed with my players in session zero, and they're all fine with it. If your table at home is different, then that's uh, your table. Nothing where I can say that my way is the right way. It's just that we like it more if the realism in our world keeps in its of itself. And that means also that the character just doesn't get plot armor yeah. because the player isn't there it still has to somewhat feel cohesive and yeah, more yeah. or less yeah, yeah, realistic yeah yeah, yeah 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 um in other news emil is getting his booster shot tomorrow yeah i got mine eh, today that's the word today T- today <laughs> and, and you had to you just think about that when did i get my booster shot oh today um, so, so <laughs> yeah kind of but i tried to figure out when this recap is going to play if i and then i thought do I say four days ago? So when did you get your booster shot? Today. On Tuesday. It, on Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, and then and, and then you were <laughs> off work, obviously, right? Then you didn't have to yeah. go to work today exactly. or something. Nice. Yeah. I also look forward to having a day where I don't have to do anything because I can say it's the booster <laughs> shot everyone. <laughs> even though it yeah. might not even be the case or might be the case. The second vaccine knocked me out cold uh, for nearly a half a day or something. So might happen again, might not. I theoretically have um, a sports course um, uh, or training uh, later, today, later tomorrow. Hmm, that might might get difficult yeah exactly because in general after a vaccine you you're, you're not allowed to do sport for two, for three days i think after a vaccination yeah. i will talk with my doctor about it mm. but i probably won't go but i think that getting a booster shot is, an, is is a good excuse for not doing sport definitely i'm not the type of person to ever say like oh, i'm sick oh, the weather is bad or something if i'm not coming to, to an appointment or sports or something for like that i am out cold i am not well yeah that's that's a guarantee you get with me so i can just say one thing i've been vaccinated now for 10 hours around ish and i don't feel anything which did you get i the first two were moderna Mm -hmm. and now i got pfizer mrna yeah yeah Yeah, now you have to get no you don't have to get pfizer biontech pfizer Pfizer biontech exactly but i have to get this because moderna is under 30 Biontech is from the age of 18. I see. Uh, I get Biontech tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the vaccination law around here. We're not allowed to get uh, Moderna, but that's okay. But so I have heard Moderna and then switching to Pfizer, Pfizer or Biontech is the best way to get yeah. vaccine. Is the statistical best thing you can get. And well, I did get Moderna instead of my friends who got Biontech who wanted the easy first two shots. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, lucky. With that, I think we can jump into our our episode about adventure hooks right after the ads. Gemfirefly.com combines nerdy interests and aesthetic attitude into one awesome store. Find shirts of the highest quality and softest comfort along with home items such as mugs, blankets and flags. Collections like the dungeon glitch geeky designs or the spicy not safe for work section offer a variety of unique graphics perfect for your message, attitude and lifestyle. Profits from the shop have planted thousands of trees to fight hunger and climate change while also supporting notable charities and game community Causes. Check out the link below or visit gemfirefly.com and skim your favorite shirts right now. And with that, welcome back to the episode. Today we're talking about hooks, or more specifically, adventure hooks. So, Emil, the first question, as usual, let's get some sort of definition out of the way. What are hooks? Well, hooks are metal things that are kind of um, in, in a hook shape, so you can go fishing with them. No, we're talking about adventure hooks, right? And an adventure hook is basically, well, the first thing that comes in an adventure. We talked about it in the last episode in Dungeons, that, that your dungeon needs some kind of hook to it. Something that quite literally 
hoax your players to go there or to do the thing that you want them to do. Yeah. Yeah, so basically an adventure hook is any kind of prompt, any kind of story beat, any event, any NPC, anything really that gets your players hooked to go on that adventure or to go in a certain direction or to do some specific thing. Anything that gets your players interested, really. Yeah, I, I did some thinking on this question beforehand and I wrote down one sentence trying to summarize what a hook might be. I wrote down an in-game element that inspires strong motivation to pursue a course of action that furthers the plot or enriches a narrative in a game. Yeah, I think that's very good but th that's if it works yeah it sounds dumb but right some hooks don't work and then exactly. they evoke interest but yeah generally in a hook is used to evoke an interest to do something to enhance the game's plot the game's story right yeah and it doesn't have to be necessarily even though it might sound like that at first the dm's story right exactly i've read that a few times already by people on online or somewhere else hooks they don't use story hooks because they imply that the dm enforces their narrative on the players but that's no then I mean, not if you're going fishing you don't enforce the fish to bite the hook you're just laying out the hook Okay, and strongly motivate them. I wouldn't go too far into how that works with fishing. Yeah. But when you present a hook, there's a difference between pushing your players to that hook mm -hmm. and presenting it. Because at some, you as the DM play the world around your players. Yeah. The world needs to react to them. The world needs to act on its own to and react to itself. And at some point, you're going to present something to your players. It can be intended or unintended. That is an adventure hook that hooks your players and interest them in pursuing that mystery, that direction, that NPC, in killing that certain monster you thought would be cool to place here in the mountains. You do everything for a reason, even if you don't do it consciously. If you put a dragon in the mountains and your players hear of that dragon, that dragon has now become an adventure hook, more or less. Yeah. Even though you didn't plan it as one, but it's something that can interest your players in going into this mountain range. Now that we have a common basis for what adventure hooks are, do you think adventure hooks are important? And if so, why? Mm. Are they important? Um, adventure hooks are something... I think that um, if you think about it in a classic way, you don't need it. But if you think about it, like we said right, right now, just anything that interests your players, yeah, then they're kind of important because... As we've discussed a few times already, engagement at the table is what you want for your games. If your table is engaged, if your table is interested in playing, you are playing a good game. And hooks are what interests your players in pursuing a certain narrative, way, whatever, right? And that is easy. So if you have a hook and your players are interested, yes, the interest the player's gain is important, but the hook itself isn't. So what I mean by that is generally, yes, a hook would be needed, but it doesn't matter what hook it is, right? Yeah. It can be any hook that works for your game or for your players or for your table or whatever you want to call it. Any hook that works is important. All that don't are not, right? And that's the beauty of adventure hooks, I feel. You can just throw as many as you want without forcing your players to go a certain direction. And one of them will stick one of them will bite at some point and that's the one you want to pursue and that's the one that will shape your story in a bit it can be anything it can be a book in a library it can be a monster attack in the village nearby it can be an npc from the past talking to them all of those three are different and interesting if for the right group of players and player characters and narrative and world and right we can go on and on on this list at some point they are going to find something that's interesting to them and that's what they're going to pursue if you don't give them anything interesting the game is grinding to a halt exactly so yeah i think importance i was the one that wrote that question into our notes hmm. but i made that with the deliberate choice of saying the questions of a question of importance of adventure hook is completely redundant because the importance of an adventure hook doesn't matter only the thing the importance of that interest the adventure hook evokes exactly i mean what is your opinion on that yeah i think importance mm, they they can be a good 
tool to use to invoke motivation or interest in whatever story you are as a table are crafting or the world you as a group are building. It just engages the players and interests them in what is happening around them. Because I think most of the adventure hooks give the players the idea or at least try to give the players idea that the world around them moves even if they aren't at the moment right there where it happened. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For example, the attack on the nearby village from a monster implies that even though they are not in this village, something still is happening there and it's not time frozen. Yeah, I, I, th I think that's completely correct, right? Every hook you present to your players has some significance because it shows your players that the world is moving, but also as you present it, right? If you say there's an attack by an adult red dragon on the nearby town or village, you can't retcon that easily, right? Obviously, yes, DMs, you basically can if your table agrees to, but that's not fun to talk about. That's not fun to discuss, really. If you present a hook, there's a monster attack over there, and your players say, we don't go following that. Well, then they don't. And then the thing is, that still happened. Exactly. They might find this village later burned to the ground. They might later hear that a certain noble was in that village, and there's now a half prize on that dragon's head hmm. or something really that thing still happened it's an it's an event in your world that happens and right that's one thing every event that in your world happens that your players hear of is an adventure hook if you present it as one or not isn't really important so the question now becomes, I said presenting as an adventure hook, right? Because you don't have to. You can just, for example, tell them what I do sometimes is make my own newspapers for my world. Mm, that's kind a lot of, of fun, yeah. Takes a lot of time, but it's very cool. My players love it. Mm. Having this front page of a newspaper when they can get one and listen and basically reading about the world around them. And I told them the borders of this country you are in are closing. And they went well, okay, why is that? And that's an adventure hook, finding out why, maybe trying to help in why they are closing the borders and all of that stuff, right? That's a broad hook, but it's a hook. It's an event that happened and it's a hook, but I didn't present it as a hook. It was just information for them that can become relevant way later on. Because yeah. now, nearly half, not half a year, um, nearly a like 10 sessions later in the game, they now might need to travel across that now closed border. Now that's interesting. Hmm. And they never followed that hook of trying to help not closing the border or whatever, right? They they didn't investigate the closing of the border in any way, but it's an event that happened. And it can be a hook if they now wanted to inv investigate on that. Hmm. So how do you present an event or something as a hook to your players, Niels? It depends on the type of hook you're presenting because basically you have to uh, see if it's a passive thing or an active thing that is happening i would say an active thing you can just describe what is happening to the players right in this moment but i think what you are talking about is more of the passive side of the world happening around the pcs without actually interacting with it yeah and you have several options there Either mm -hmm. they can just observe it from a distance themselves, like a riot or a public trial or whatever. They can see that or they can hear rumors of it in the local tavern or they can read it in a newspaper. There are different... It's hard to describe how to give an adventure hook because every info, bit of information you give your players can be adv an adventure hook. And I usually mm -hmm. don't designate the specific information I tell them to be... This is an adventure and this is not because you can't make that comparison. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I kind of wanted to prove. But basically, all information they can get is an adventure, right? That's what we said. And you can present information either firsthand, them observing it, them experiencing it. For example, them being part of that dragon attack. It's not them observing the dragon attack, but being part of the dragon attack, right? Mm -hmm. Or they can get it secondhand from someone that has experienced something and tells them. Or they've, and then theoretically also firsthand, which is information that has made two steps and Obviously, you can go more steps than that, but right, you can yeah. build on that already, on how to present that adventure hook already, kind of gives way into that adventure hook. Because firsthand, experiencing the event itself or the information itself gives your players the clearest idea of the adventure hook. Yeah. You're part of a dragon attack, the dragon now flies away, the adventure hook is, do we kill that dragon? Right? That's 
super easy. Hearing about a dragon attack at a nearby village, they could go to that village to help the survivors or can go follow that dragon or can do both, right? And then hearing third hand about it, maybe there is even some other things to do. There's, at the end, they can still choose to do what they want, but it's a difference in how the information is presented and how they process it and how it's been processed before yeah. them. They process the information themselves firsthand, so they have the clearest image possible. If they experience it secondhand, they might not get the clearest image, right? Thirdhand, it, maybe the, the adventure hook is a complete lie. There was no dragon attack, just someone burning down this village. Mm -hmm. And see, and, and this is why adventure hooks play a lot with the information you give your players, in my opinion. There's a lot you can play around with and how to present information to your players is very important. Oh, because yeah. that will create where they want to go. And that is where the adventure starts. And that is how you get your players hooked. Information being presented in any way. That is a hook, right? Yeah. So what type of hooks? We kind of glossed on that already, I would say. But is there any way to categorize the type of adventures maybe you can have? This gets a bit into the kind of session types we already talked about, like murder mm -hmm. mystery and dunge uh, dungeon crawl or... Um, oh, we had, didn't talk about that one yet, but the heist or something like this. Some adventure hooks can lead to specific types of session types. Mm -hmm. you, it depends on the information you are giving your players and on the players doing with that information what they do. If they hear there is a valuable artifact somewhere within the town, they might investigate it and might want to steal it or they want to help secure it. Depends on, this, uh, on the party. So one is a active heist session and the other one would be a defensive heist where you have to stop one both are very fun but depending on what your players do with the same information you gave them might turn into something completely different mm -hmm. so i think it is hard to let's say enforce a type of session with the way you present a hook because it's always there are always two sources of let's call them failure in this session uh, in this sense because two people can interpret the same information multiple different ways yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Generally, as soon as you said enforce any kind of session type, obviously all the M's went, wait, right? You don't want to enforce anything on your players because that is usually not fun, right? It, sometimes we put them somewhere where we want them as DMs so we can advance the fun part of the story and that is okay players are okay with that normally they are really believe me people yeah but also we don't want to force them to go in a direction where they clearly don't want to and that's where you need to pay attention right don't enforce something on your players but you can give them nudges in the direction you think they should be going you don't want them to go there necessarily but maybe your players have missed something and you nudge them in the right direction to find that missing piece and that's not enforcing your will on your players that's making sure that your players have fun playing the game so Niels do you have any uh, example of a favorite hook you created for your players that then got into a whole adventure or storyline or plot line that has been fun not yet because most of my campaigns just fell through in the midway but i think i'm onto something right now with, with the session i had last sunday mm -hmm. do you because want to elaborate on that yeah sure because i just placed a carnival ticket somewhere on the battle map after the whole fight mm -hmm. as loot mm -hmm. with a ticking down timer on of some sorts on it and one of the players realized she knew the symbol on this carnival ticket this is the carnival where she came from. I just didn't elaborate any uh, any much more on that. I just said, this is how it looks. This is what's on it. This is the symbol on it. Done. And immediately there was, why the hell is a random carnival ticket right here in an abandoned bandit camp? Why is there a timer ticking down? Where the fuck is it going to take place? Because there was no um, location there. So they now had motivation to find out why, where, and all right, I give you that. When is kind of out of the way when there is a timer ticking down, but you get what I mean. Yeah, it, it, it evokes so many questions, right? But exactly. Now I have to ask a question myself is it a fate ticket because wild beyond the witchlight no it is not sad okay i had the chance to ask i did yeah i kind of wanted something in this in the same direction but with the backstory i got from the player it wouldn't fit with a fey theme yeah okay so i, I just wanted to ask because wild beyond the witchlight obviously is still is very popular right now so yeah. okay but no. i kind of went into a demony kind of circus or even vibe. better so there there is still a lot of fun to have 
Yeah, I think that's that, I think that's that's a good one because it evokes a lot of questions, a lot of interest from your players. Yeah. So, how about yours? Do um, you have anything that <laughs> directly comes to mind? Let me give you a scenario, right? I I already talked about the closing borders. I talked mm-hmm. about that a few times on the show already in la- earlier recaps, but basically one of the countries neighboring the country my players are in have closed its borders. So half of the border of the country they are in, because this country only has two borders, is now closed. Um, the only way, th- this is a landlocked country. Their only access to the sea has just been closed. Half of their economy has gone to shit. That's mm-hmm. that's the first hook. At the same time, there are there's a bandit revolution uprising in in the country. There is a mass murderer on the loose around somewhere where my players are going right now. There is beasts in the woods with red glowing eyes seemingly attacking without hesitation anything. And I'm not talking just about wolves, but also about bears and any animal really that had been kind of mind control to be this mindless killing machine. There are gnolls in the mountains somewhere still locked off from doing anything further to harm any civilians, but they are still there. That's at least what my... Those are just the things I present to my players. The um, And then there's also their, all their personal quests basically. A cleric telling my paladin something that he doesn't understand and needs to understand. The cousin of the gnome artifact has been involved in smuggling the um and and basically these are all the ideas i presented more or less at the same time to my players and i think it's not that one of them stuck out immediately but it's Mm -hmm. that all of them have been things they've been allowed to pursue if they want to they've chosen the beasts with the red eyes because that's Fair. the most mysterious to them. And in my opinion, it, it wasn't the one that I thought they would go to. I thought they would choose the bandits. Mm-hmm. But the bandits still are there. And, and and this shows, this is all information I presented to them in a more or less neutral manner, at least at the table. I'm the neutral DM, right? The gnome, artifice, gnome artificer's cousin obviously um, has been very positive and friendly to his cousin. But right, yeah. basically I presented everything in this neutral manner and they've been a allowed to pull from that one of my players said that they've been kind of a little bit overwhelmed with this or because they they kind of didn't know what to do they kind of thought that they had to do everything mm-hmm. and um that that's because they they don't for example play a lot ttrpgs mm-hmm. they are a video gamer and they kind of thought that they had to take on every quest and right um i talked it out with them i uh, and we agreed on i will make the hooks very clear what to do next for basically any any way you want to go and you just choose one and and he's okay with that and yeah but just generally presenting so much information to my players and get giving them the option to choose and 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 pursue any storyline they want to that's something very cool and i think it shows very well that the world around my players is moving the world around my players is in trouble and and i think that's what i learned from the witcher ttrpg right Mm -hmm. the world is in trouble the world is in crisis everywhere the players go there's something for them to do and that's what i wanted to do everything around them has any place for them to do something and that's the cool part of it really yeah with all those hooks you just presented yeah you basically answered one of my other questions i had totally overread beforehand one question would be what are hooks used for and you just Mm-hmm. basically answered all of those all of the po- uh, points i written down at least you could use them to introduce the players to a world or a specific part of it like the yeah. country with closed off borders to introduce or start off a campaign it's yeah, basically the right? introduction scene a storyline exactly introduce a whole new story being a player character driven story or the big bad evil guy driven story or a minor villain or 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 some sort of story or storyline you could introduce encounters like those with the monsters or the gnolls they are still there but do with that information whatever you want pursue it or don't yeah or like after talking to your players you could focus your players attention to what is happening around them they just have to choose one which on which to focus more Mm -hmm. and then all of your or most of your narrative goes there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they just have to choose one so you can Mm -hmm. focus the Mm -hmm. attention wherever the party would like to focus on 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I believe the hooks, right? Everything you said basically had one word on it, introducing, right? Yeah. And I think that's so integral to adventure hooks or hooks in general to anything in your games. If they introduce something new to your players, something they didn't know before, something interesting, generally just something, again, to pique interest and, and catch them. Really, anything that gives you any way into a new storyline, introducing them new information or anything new to them is interesting. Interesting. And that's how you do a story hook, more or less. Something new, because yeah. the third dragon attack on a village is kind of boring if you haven't made it clear that you can that in the beginning, for example, through the campaign hook or the complete storyline hook, that this is a campaign about angry evil dragons. But generally, the third village being attacked by a dragon is just not new and interesting to them. There's nothing new for them to basically find there. So your players, if they have the choice, won't pursue that because someone else then can take care of it. Maybe not, but Generally, it's just boring for them to do it again. So, Nils, I have one short question for you. Do you use quest boards to give your players adventure hooks? Sometimes, yes. Especially in bigger cities. Mm-hmm. Because, in my, at least in my world, bigger cities means more problems. More people, more problems, yeah. Exactly. And where there are problems, people who can solve problems flock towards that Mm. and then there might be guilds forming around that like an adventurer's guild here are a lot of here's a lot of shit going down a lot of work to be done let's try to manage that we can take care of this if you have a problem come to the adventurer's guild we have a quest board and then can provide you with the perfect fit of adventurer's group there is for that something like this Mm. but in smaller towns maybe like a blackboard where some communal work is just put down like yeah my dog has run away if you've seen one bring it back something like this this could be considered a quest board but most of the time i don't use them yeah i think quest boards they're totally fine to use and i use them as well right having having a board where people can post contracts is Something that actually also helps a town, right? It's a place where people can go if they have problems. But why, for example, aren't they going to the guard with it? That's one of the first questions you can ask about quest boards. Why are they going to this quest board where they can post independent contracts for independent contractors instead of the trusty guard that is supposed to protect them? And then, Exactly. So, okay, let's say the guard posts on these quest boards anything that the guard can't take care of because the guard is only for the inner city walls and anything that is out of the city walls they can't care about. Well, okay, that's an explanation for why there are contracts, why there are quest boards. And then the question becomes, okay, how hard are these quests? And I have found really a satisfying way to explain quest boards and to use them in a satisfying way instead of just posting monster contracts on there which is why for example i don't have an adventuring guild my city my players i matter i only have a monster hunter guild because the part of the world where they are in has a lot of monsters in it and and i don't mean beasts like an owl bear or something but really monsters aberrations lurking in deep forests or something yeah And there people can post contracts for these monster hunters to go. But then the quest board would become privatized by the monster hunter guild because no one else would take it. And they would just say, well, we can just take everything from this quest board every morning and just distribute it to our people, right? And there are so many questions around. And and I don't want to get too deep into this because we could make a whole episode on quest boards, adventuring guilds and guilds in general. And there's a lot to talk about that in a world building implication sense. There's a Mm -hmm. lot you can think about there. And that's why I don't want to get too deep into it. But yeah, I think quest boards aren't the best way to present a story hook or something. But for example, I find the best way to present them is through right experiencing it. Mm-hmm. or a trusted NPC, mm-hmm. someone yeah. they trust. For example, in my world, we have the Dancing Unicorn, a big tavern, a one-in-all one stop for adventurers. The patron, the barkeep of that bar, Mirko's Star Wolf, is a trusted NPC of my players. He cares for his patrons, and my players are regulars at his place, and he cares for them. So if he has he he has heard rumors about somewhere adventurers, he's gonna tell them or other adventurers in his cavern. But they th- this is a trusted NPC. They trust this NPC, and this is interesting, right? Yeah. One thing I like to use are town criers because they deliver news on a 
bigger scale for huge plot points like the main the capital has been attacked by a foreign nation or something this is something a town crier would cry out and wouldn't be a rumor or i wouldn't consider a rumor anymore mm. because mm. rumors aren't confirmed yet yeah but news usually should be so mm -hmm. for bigger things i like to use a town crier even if it's just completely irrelevant like oh yeah the noble is this and that noble is visiting the town today and Please if the players pick up on this they oh sorry for interrupting but then they go up to this town crier and say hey can you tell us more about this noble and then he says well yes i can for a silver exactly. piece or just tells them right then you have something then you have peaked interest Exactly. It's just this is uh, this is all hooks are about peaking interest from your players, reeling them in through more information later. Provide mm -hmm. a small amount of information that peaks interest, get them hooked on whatever you are saying, get them interested and getting them invested in it. Mm -hmm. So how much do you prepare for information you present? Because you never know which hook they pick up on, right? Exactly. But you, everything you present, if you if you have the town crier and they present something, I mean, I do that often, that then I just say something random and have nothing prepared. Are you the same? Are you different? Do you prepare everything and don't try to slip this and in quotation marks, script for this town crier. So they only tell the, the players about the three different things that you have kind of an idea about. Or do you also just sometimes ran, stream random things at them? Mm, it depends on if I know what my players want to do. Mm -hmm. But in general, I don't prepare too much. Yeah. I write down one, two, three things that the town crier definitely will talk about mm -hmm. and then add some minor sprinkles here and there. But nothing too deep of preparation for even for those three points. Yeah. Maybe one or two bullet points. Just like, what's the topic? Why? Yeah. Where? Done. Yeah, exactly. The noble is coming to town. Okay, then at least the why needs to be there because that yeah. will be the first question. And then the second question would be, okay, who is this noble, right? Do my players yeah. know this noble? Or when they inquiry about them, what do they find out at a, at a face value? They are rich, okay? They come from a distant town and they're kind of an outsider normally. Boom, three things. And something very interesting to dive deeper. Why are they an outsider? Why are they coming here? And then, right, why are they coming here? And maybe the third question is what are they, uh, right? Why and what, um, who are they meeting, for example? Or mm -hmm. um, how long are they staying? Or something different, right? Easily. And if you have written down just a few points and you can make these points up every dm brain instantly maps some my brain does that i have these bullet points even if i make them up and don't even have them written down but just make them up to my players my plane my, my brain instantly goes into okay this 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 connected connected bum 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 yeah okay i have something interesting i just haven't i just haven't it's just not prepped but i have something so if my players now instantly want to go after that i can easily improvise until i can call the session down and then actually write this down so it sounds cohesive and better and interesting and more intriguing and all of that stuff but i can easily improvise that and i think nearly every dm can yes you might might be uncomfortable and insecure about that but trust me go at it slowly and you can do that as well dear listener yeah and we also made an episode about improvising so if yeah, you don't did. feel comfortable yet go listen to that i think there are some awesome tips in it yeah we made them yeah definitely general i think most of DMs, as you said, just instantly, when they improvise something, they instantly look for connections to where to put it in your world mm -hmm. and why to put it in your world. Yeah. It just right. goes, the brain just goes into overdrive, yeah. kind of, and just ba 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 ba. And kind of the time feels slower then. When you mm -hmm. pause for one second, it feels like an eternity sometimes. Yeah, yeah, At yeah, least yeah. this is what it. Yeah, really. The brain, the brain goes in through infinite possibilities in a second and, 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 picks the one you you love most yeah okay they're an outsider because they're a vampire boom okay so why is the vampire now coming to town well this and oh well this means okay he's here but he obviously is a vampire so he he needs to stay out of sunlight so when he comes his carriage is completely enclosed in darkness because he comes at daylight so it doesn't seem obvious he's a vampire and right yeah that's just one possibility my brain thought of and it could be anything different he comes because he is supposed to be marrying an another noble here that no one knows about why 
does no one know about this? And there's so much behind that simple noble is coming to town you can use. And that's the thing, right? We said about make the hooks unique. Don't throw the same hook thrice at your players. Especially when they've completed it once. Because you, you can just say, well, there's another noble coming to town, but the noble is now completely different than the other. Mm. Isn't perfect, but your brain thinks of infinite possibilities and you can use them all because it's your fantasy or sci-fi or whatever genre game. Yeah. Do that. Use them because it's interesting. Your brain can think of so much weird stuff. And yes, embrace the weirdness of, of it sometimes. You don't have to do it always, but embrace it. Embrace the weirdness is in your brain <laughs> it just yeah. makes you more powerful it makes your world so much deeper and so much more interesting if you don't make it something that is so bland and boring and i think no one right, right thing is no one does that everyone has interesting parts in their world and in their stories and that's the cool part of it because you let your creativity throw and just yeah. let it throw more yeah okay a little weirdness adds to the realism of the world. It makes it just feel more engaging because it isn't as streamlined, as perfect. Yeah, it as makes it it makes it uncomplete more or less. And that's where the players come in, right? Exactly. If a world is tip-top unfixable and it's it, it's this utopia of for everything why are players there there needs to be something for them to do so the only thing in a utopia to do is start a rebellion that's fun that, that's the story write that down yeah. someone but, but write, <laughs> write that down write that down in every world you can find interesting stories but basically make your world a place where your players can run around and do stuff and then you have infinite story hooks for your game so one thing is very important we, we talked a lot about how to find them how they work and all of that stuff but one thing is what is important when you make a story hook or, or present a story hook that, that's a huge question first of all the players need to be hooked by it obviously you need to spark some sort of interest in any way, yeah, shape, right. or form, obviously. Kind of needs to feel right in the moment or the situation you are in. If you're in the middle of a dungeon and suddenly, oh, in your pocket there is a letter. Yeah, mm, kind of weird. Doesn't it's too much out of place, right? Yeah, it's, it's breaking the immersion of, okay, what, why... Yeah, you, you kind of, if they find an artifact of one of their beloved NPCs or family members in this dungeon, this could imply something, but this would work because this fits within the world you have built yeah, or the yeah, situation yeah. or the scene you have built. But suddenly being there, uh, there being a letter kind of out of place. These are basically the two most important things when you create an adventure hook, that it interests your players and it hits in the way you are presenting it. Mm -hmm. Then my next question would be, how could you make your players interested in them? How do you achieve that? Well, first of all, search for connections. Not everyone gets backstories from their players. But those that do, search for connections in your players' backstories. Any NPC, any place, any name of anything else, any interesting object, everything of that lines right anything you can connect to can be centerpiece of a story hook of an event right if your players read in the news that town x has been destroyed by something and no one knows what and your one of your players comes from town x they're gonna be hey guys we're going no questions yeah. asked boom you can get your interesting monster in or something right and so yeah first of all using one of your players as the direct connection but you don't have to do that but it's one of the best ways to do that another thing is connected to the storyline your players are currently in mm -hmm. right my players are currently exploring unt ruins so if i now connect to these unt ruins something of an ancient curse set free maybe unt curse but maybe not that is maybe a diverging storyline from their actual one how do we stop the unt uh resurrection of the ancient UNT race and then there is also this other thing that happens to be connected to UNT or maybe for example they they read a book from the UNT and they find prophecies of an ancient monster that's supposed to come and then they decipher this and realize fuck that monster is supposed to come now mm -hmm. That's a diverging story, but it's connected to the one they are in. So it feels like it's progressing the story in a more diverging path. There's more to this than just the single straight path their players have went before. That's another way to connect them to. Another way is to connect them to NPCs they've learned uh, to love or have grown on or met on the way. And then obviously, how do you connect it to the, how to make it interesting, right? Let them experience it. If they experience something, they are definitely, 
most players definitely gonna check it out. You're part of a monster attack. Your players are gonna try to fight that monster attack and then try to figure out why that monster attack happened. At least that's what I found. Most players really want to figure out why things happen around them. Yeah. And if you present them something that is either connected to them personally, to uh, the story they are in right now, the reason why they are here basically, or just the region they are in, those are the three best things I have found how to give my players a story hook they are gonna probably follow. But there are obviously more. There are obviously more ways to connect your players to story hooks. One thing that I found works pretty well is be direct in getting your point across. Not just describe the whole marketplace, for example, but specifically describe there's a person looking directly at you. Boom. Now they are invested. Why is this person looking at us? Mm -hmm. What does he want? There, immediately there's questions in the player set. Then tell the players what's in it for them with the story hook. Could be one re, uh, one other thing. For uh, With the same example with the man standing there, you see a symbol. The symbol sounds uh, seems familiar. You have seen that on the victim last night from the serial killer. And then add a call to action. Now this person starts moving with purpose towards you. What do you do? Yeah. And this is the fourth thing. Give players a choice if it is possible. Yeah. If you give them a choice, they are going to take a choice. Even if the choice itself kind of feels a little bit forced, right? Sometimes it is because the NPCs or the world around them forces them to take an action yeah. or make a choice. And that choice then creates for them, we made a choice, now let's commit to it. And I think you touched on one very last important thing on how to make the matter and important the story hooks is urgency, right? Yeah. If you present them something, that's going to happen in six months. They're not going to care about it for until they need to take care of it. But if you say, we know for a fact that bandits are attacking this village in a day, your players are going to go, okay, we need to do this now. We can't just go to the next town over and do mm -hmm. something there and then come back. That, that We don't have the time. We need to stay here. Urgency creates a lot of importance in story hooks as well. Yeah. If, you, if you create urgent events around your players, your players are going to gravitate to those events first because if they don't, the events are lost on them. Mm -hmm. and they don't know what happens then and that's something players don't players want to do stuff and if you create urgency for the stuff you they want to do well they're going to do it first yeah and one thing regarding the urgency is turn the needs of your players into hooks themselves mm -hmm. they are damaged after a battle mm -hmm. make the healing a story hook mm -hmm. where can they find a high level priest who can resurrect one of their fallen members mm -hmm. for example or information they would uh, they desire revenge on something, equipment, a new skill. It could be as simple as income. Mm -hmm. But turn the needs your players have into story hooks to entice them even more. Yeah, yeah, 100% on that. Holy shit, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, to summarize this discussion now, anything is basically a story hook. Any event in your world is a story hook. An adventure hook is something that makes your players interested. And that's what it's all about. When your players are interested or their characters are interested, obviously, then they're gonna pursue that. And that's what you want. You want them to do something and make that by piquing their interest. And that's all you need to do as a DM, really. You only need to pique interest in your players for them to do something cool and then you have the fun of the game and that's cool and there you have basically every tool at your disposal you will ever be able to use as a dm to create a story hook your world your ev really everything in your world can be a story hook use it anything in your imagination can be a story hook use it and that's really all I can say about it. Anything can be a story hook. Anything can, any event can be interesting to your players. So why not just throw them out there and see what happens and have fun exploring that option with your players. Exactly. And with that, thank you all for listening to this episode of Double DM Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Double DM Pod. You can visit our website at www.doubledm.com. You can donate to us on Ko-Fi. And with that, I think we covered everything, or at least a big part there is to Story Hooks. And hear you on the next one. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone.